0: Hello friends, grace and peace to you. My name is Hope and I am one of the pastors at 8th Street Church in Oklahoma City. I wanna welcome you to this week in the way of Jesus. Today is the 20th week after Pentecost. And this week we are continuing in our series called Short Stories, The Parables of Jesus. Over the last few weeks, we have listened together to these parables that Jesus told. While many of these stories are in fact short, their impact is immense. After reading them, we often find ourselves confused, offended, maybe even a little bit mad. Most commentators would say that this is actually the function of the parable. They're just doing their jobs. Parables put us a bit off balance. They reveal aspects of God's kingdom, but also of our own human condition at the same time. We often find ourselves leaving with more questions than answers. But today, we get to hear the story of the widow and the judge. And while it brings up many questions, it also invites us into a new practice, a new way of thinking about prayer. So this week in the Way of Jesus, we invite you to practice asking for what you need
1: praying for it, the kingdom is coming. We are waiting for it, the kingdom is coming. We are working for it, the kingdom is
0: coming. Mm. All Hear the word of the Lord from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 18. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, Yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And then the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Together we say, thanks be to God.
1: Bring your worry, grief, and pain Every cause you have for shame Lay it all down Lay it all down When your cares have buried you And there's nothing left to do Lay it all down Lay it all down At the feet of Jesus At the
0: feet of Jesus the last few weeks, I have been rewatching the show on Netflix called The Crown. It's a fascinating fictionalized show that follows the events of the British royal family, and it uses quite a bit of imagination to fill in the gaps of what may have happened behind the scenes. In one episode in the most recent season, we follow a man named Michael Fagan. Michael is a working class man who lives in London, He's facing some of the worst effects of the economic recession in Britain in the 1990s. He loses his job. His wife leaves him. Because he's unemployed, he cannot afford to maintain the home he's living in. Because he cannot afford to maintain the home, his children are taken away. Because his children are taken away, what little hope he has is gone. He has sent from agency to agency as each place shirks their responsibility to help him. He begins to get fed up, and he makes an appointment with his Member of Parliament, hoping that at least this person can point him in a more productive direction. Well, it's safe to say that the meeting does not go well either. Michael asks his Member of Parliament, Well, fine, where should I go next? If you can't help me, who can? Sarcastically, the MP says, I don't know. You could try talking to the Queen, I guess. So. Michael does just that. He climbs over the palace gates, breaks a window, and walks into the bedroom of none other than the Queen of England. He is there for about 10 minutes before he is finally arrested and taken out of the palace. Now, in reality, we don't actually know what happened during those 10 minutes, but the show does a brilliant job imagining what their conversation might have been. In this scene, Michael says to the Queen, you either don't know or you don't care about the problems of regular people in this country. You are the head of state. You have to save us, help us. This is the picture that came to my mind when I read this parable. Just as we don't expect to find a British commoner in Buckingham Palace, we certainly wouldn't expect to find a widow in a courtroom in this society. This is our clue that this is the widow's last resort. She's in the courtroom because she has exhausted all other options. This is her only chance for justice, and so she goes to the very person who can actually do something about her situation. She shows up again and again. Over and over, she presents her problems before a judge. Unlike the queen, this judge is very clear where he stands. He is aware of the problem. He just doesn't care but remarkably, the widow is undeterred. Eventually, she wears the judge down just enough that he finally gives in to her demands. Our text says that he gives in not because he had a change of heart, but because he was afraid she would attack him. So yes, finally, he does the right thing, even if it was just to avoid damage to his reputation or even his face. The story, it's quite comical, to be honest. Jesus could tell some funny stories, but the humor dissipates when Jesus tells us this is not a story about activism or persistent advocacy in the face of an unjust power. No. This is a story about prayer.
1: on, but your heart was tired Feel the worst and felt the fire Lay it all down, lay it all down, filled with all those anxious thoughts, and your doubts became your God. Lay it all down, lay it all down at the feet.
0: we want things to fit into neat categories. When we read this parable, we might say, okay, well, I'm the widow. God is the judge. But friends, parables are never that neat. They're never that cut and dry. We cannot equate this judge with God who is himself the embodiment of justice. So what are we to take from this story? How can we understand this to be about prayer? Well, in the previous chapter, in Luke 17, Jesus tells his followers about the end of the age. He tells a pretty scary story about what will happen when the kingdom comes in its fullness. This story gives us a clue about what kind of prayer Jesus is talking about in this parable. These are not prayers for health, wealth, and a good parking spot. These are the prayers that come from the deepest part of who we are. These are our prayers that confess our deepest needs and desires. These are the prayers we pray when we ask God to quit stalling and come and help us already. Jesus knows it is much easier to pray superficial prayers, to ask God for things that are actually well within our own control. But it is a vulnerable thing to ask God for what we desperately need and deeply desire. It requires an incredible amount of bravery. Because what if the answer is no? Worse still, what if there is no answer? If we are brave and persistent, we can keep at it for a while. We can ask and we can ask. But eventually, we can only speak into the silence for so long before we begin to wonder if what we say matters at all. This is what Jesus meant when he warned us about losing heart. One of my favorite preachers, Barbara Brown Taylor, she has this to say about our parable. What the persistent widow knows is that the most important time to pray is when your prayers seem meaningless. If you don't go through a few punches at the judge, what are you going to do? Take to your bed with a box of Kleenex? Forget about justice altogether? No. Day by day by day, you are going to get up, wash your face, and go ask for what you want. You are going to trust the process, regardless of what comes of it. Because the process itself gives you life. The process keeps you engaged with what matters most to you so that you do not lose heart.
1: When we've given up on better days, there are memories we can't erase.
0: So that's why this week, I invite you to ask God for what you need. Maybe take some time this week to sit down with a journal or go on a quiet walk. Begin by thinking about where you are in your life. Are you a new parent? Have you started a new job? Are you planning a move? Are you continuing in a job that you've had for years, but something about it feels harder than normal? Are you in a season of transition, planting roots, or does it all just feel really complicated? Then, think about where your heart is these days. Regardless of your circumstances, we can find ourselves feeling a myriad of different ways. Are you feeling weary? Overcommitted? Lost? full of new and exciting dreams? Maybe you feel anxious or energized? As you think through your particular situations, what is it that you need from God today? Where do you need God's help? I invite you to take some real time to consider this. Don't just pick the easy answer. And as you consider it, once you have an answer, I invite you to write it down. Pray over it this week. Ask God for what you need, not because you are guaranteed success, but because engaging in this process is what keeps you connected to God and to yourself. Thank you for joining us this week in the way of Jesus. May you have the courage and the persistence of the widow this week as you boldly and bravely ask God for what you need. Grace and peace to you, friends.